Western Europe and, and some other parts of the world as well. Ross, thanks very much indeed. That's Ross Feingold, Business Development Director of SafePro Group. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's see how these Asian markets are doing. Not very well at the moment this morning. The SX200 in Australia is down one and three quarter percent. Over in Japan, uh, the Nikkei 225 is off one percent. Stocks also slipping in South Korea. The Cosby down one and a quarter percent there. Uh, and when stocks open in Hong Kong in an hour's time, it looks like they're also going to be well into the red. Uh, looks like, according to futures markets, they're going to open about 1.4% lower. That's about 340 points off the Hang Seng Index. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil uh, is also slipping further in Asian trading. It's down at $41.38 a barrel. And gold is also falling further as well. It's off another $5 in Asian trading at $1,859 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy uh, with a few showers. Sunny intervals during the day. Maximum temperature is going to be about 30 degrees. The outlook, slightly cooler tomorrow morning and sunny periods during the day. More showers later tomorrow and over the weekend. The temperature right now is 28 degrees, 85% relative humidity. 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. A tourism professor says Hong Kong Disneyland still has a bright future despite potential expansion plans being torpedoed. Yesterday, the government decided not to extend an option for Disney to buy a 60-hectare site next to the park. But Professor Brian King from the Polytechnic University School of Hotel and Tourism Management said the park could still do a lot more within its boundaries. He said although park visitation numbers peaked in 2014, Disney's location in the Greater Bay Area brought unfulfilled potential. GBA infrastructure, the fast rail and the bridge offer some unfulfilled potential. And I think with theme parks, they've always got to reinvent themselves. And Disney has done that. You know, it's, it is certainly the smallest of the parks globally, but they've brought in new rides, new themes. And so, no, I think the future for Disney as a kind of premium tourism experience is still pretty bright. The Attorney General of the U.S. State of Kentucky says one of the three police officers involved in the shooting dead of Breonna Taylor is to be indicted. Daniel Cameron was speaking at the end of a grand jury investigation. After hearing the evidence from our team of prosecutors, the grand jury voted to return an indictment against Detective Hankinson for three counts of wanton endangerment for wantonly placing the three individuals in apartment three in danger of serious physical injury or death. The charges are based on the fact that some of the bullets fired by the officer went through Ms. Taylor's apartment into a neighbor's flat. No officer will face charges for Ms. Taylor's killing. Breonna Taylor, a black medical worker, was shot and killed by police during a raid on her apartment in March. Her death sparked large-scale protests. America's most populous state, California, says it will require all new vehicles to be zero emission by the year 2035. Its governor, Gavin Newsom, says sales of petrol-powered cars and trucks will be barred. He said pollution from cars had worsened recent wildfires in the American West and threatened to melt glaciers and raise sea levels. Transportation sector in the state of California represents over 50 percent of all of the emissions. As a consequence, when we are looking to achieve our audacious goals to get to 100% carbon-free economy by 2045. Uh, we can't get there unless we accelerate our efforts in the transportation sector. 
Last week, President Trump promised to prevent California from requiring the sale of electric vehicles. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chivers and your co-host today, Anna Fenton. Anna, good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. Today we're talking about police and journalists. The head of the Police Public Relations Branch, the PPRB, has defended a change in the force's accreditation policy regarding journalists, saying it's fair, objective and more transparent. Police announced on Tuesday that it would only recognise media organisations which have been registered with the Information Services Department, the ISD, as well as those from internationally known foreign media. Six local journalism schools linked to major universities said on Wednesday that it's unacceptable their students will be barred from covering newsworthy events simply because they aren't registered with the ISD. They said the new accreditation policy violates their fundamental constitutional rights of free speech, free press and publication. But what do you think? Is it fair? Would it make policing more effective? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can call us, and our telephone number is 233-88266-233-88266. We look forward to hearing from you. For the first part of this programme, we're joined by Chris Young, Chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, and Tom Grundy, Editor-in-Chief of the Hong Kong Free Press. Once again, our number, if you want to join in, 233-88266. A couple of comments to uh, kick us off. We've got some emails on other topics, which we'll get to maybe a little bit later, maybe about 9 o'clock. Uh, Derek says, Dear Backchat, uh, I don't have a problem with the police requiring accreditation for journalists to attend their press briefings. I would have a problem if the police started arresting non-accredited journalists for covering news events or if the ISD started rejecting applications for accreditation based on if the media organisation is friendly to the government or police or if visas for internationally known foreign media were rejected for no apparent reason at all. That's from Derek. David says, Unfortunately in Hong Kong, there are only two professions you don't need any qualifications for, politicians and journalists. Even 13-year-old kids can become journalists. The Hong Kong Journalists Association under Chris Young has proven completely incapable of self-regulating its members of activist journos. Feelings and opinions seem to be more important than facts. Basically, anyone can become a journalist in Hong Kong. You just get a press pass from the Hong Kong Journalists Association for less than $200, put on a yellow vest, hold up a camera, and you can masquerade as a journalist. Doesn't Chris Young understand that this drags down the whole profession and destroys the last bit of credibility the local media have left? Journalist bodies are supposed to set industry standards, self-regulate and properly regulate those who are abusing media accreditation for their own ideological or criminal purposes. Qualified journalists should have no problem in registering with the relevant government department to authenticate their professional status. What we need is not more wannabe activist journos. We need more professional, qualified journalists with integrity, impartiality, persistence and accountability. That is from David. Thank you very much indeed. Backchat at rthk.hk. Chris Young, good morning to you. Good morning, Anna. Can anyone become a journalist in Hong Kong? You just go stump up the $200 and put on the vest? I think anyone can visit our website, um, hkja.rghk, to see the requirements uh, for, say, um, being a member, a full member uh, in the association. Um, it is no different from um, uh, most other trade unions, which requires uh, some members uh, to be uh, the, uh, working in the, in the, in the industry. Um, the simple proof is uh, income. 
so more than half the income must come from the uh, journalism work. Uh, so your full-time LTHK, your uh, SCMP, um, you're, you're obviously qualified. And if you are doing freelancing, say supplying uh, pictures for international museum agencies, if you can provide proof of your uh, income uh, contracts uh, with those, uh, say, all um, um, uh, these agencies, uh, we will assess uh, every uh, application. Um, so far. We, we have no we, we have received no single complaint from the police saying that uh, any single say membership card issued by us um, is found to be say a fake uh, or uh, someone who's not uh, eligible or qualified from the police uh, from the government uh, who say uh, uh, regulate trade unions uh, like like us. A lot of things said um, by uh, David, I think, are just uh, unfound. Uh, you, you can't simply say, um, fill up a form, um, give us dozens of dollars, and then get a, get, get a card. That, that's simply, that's simply wrong. Th th then uh, how, do you, how do you account for the, just the vast numbers of journalists that, we, that are obvious uh, on, on the streets now, sometimes outnumbering protesters 10 to 1? Um, something's changed. Something's very weird. Um, but, you know, well, I think the, the, the emergency, the, the emergence of, say, um, citizen journalists, student, student journalists, um, I think it's a world, it's, it's a worldwide trend. I think with, with the advance of technology and, um, and people's awareness, uh, of the right to, say, um, reporting, uh, as state, um, Article 19 in the international confidence, as stated by the journalism professors in their joint statement yesterday, uh, that's the people's right, uh, you, you and my right, say, in public places, to do, say, uh, recording, to record what happened and then share the footage with um, your friends or, 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 any, or anyone in the phone. That's the right of um, a, a freedom of, ex of expression. And that's, not, that, that's why exactly uh, why police, in fact, we tell you publicly that uh, um, people have the right to, to, to do reporting in public places. And um, say if they, if, they, if they found a website, uh, student website or a student website, uh, they have the right to do so. They have not breached any uh, laws. That's one thing. That should not be, say, confused with uh, what, the asso what our association is doing. We, we, we are working under a strict charter and, uh, and are registered in, in, the, in the union. First, we cannot uh, issue, say, or accept members uh, who are not um, qualified. And secondly, every card we issue, uh, we have to be account accountable to it. If they are found to be, um, say, uh, we, we have, we, we, we have uh, over-issue or, or issue the, uh, the cards to the wrong person. Well, well, uh, we have to okay, on, on the cards, do you, yeah. you, you will give the cards to students, will you? No, uh, well, if they study journalism in uh, some universities... Okay, what is, uh, so is there an age to, limit? Is there a lower age limit? Well, if you, uh, if you study in universities, well, you probably are 17 or 18, and uh, if, they're, if they're student, they're, they will be student members. They are student members. They are not full, full members. They do not have income. Okay, uh, so, so for, for example, that, that recent case of the... the 
the uh, young man who he was he was 13 yeah so he was yeah. at school did he have yeah. a card did he have a J no, no, card? no no of course not okay no uh he, he i think he made it quite clear that uh, he has a card issued by his own uh, media outlet and that's a student media and and what they what they what uh, what they want to do they said it they, they said it clearly on their on their on their facebook uh, I think I think to be honest, we, we should not say uh, over um, uh, 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 over overly played up that 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 particular case. The, I, th um, I mean, I mean, okay, sure. Uh, I mean, the, the point would be, you say, you say it's a right to report and to film, say, what's what's happening uh, on, on the streets. The point would be, I guess, that, the, that certain privileges are given to, to members of the press, certain unusual access, and they're treated in a particular way because they are kind of representatives of the people and because they are... That they should be working impartially, and as you say, passing on the the, the information. Um, the, the the trouble is that doesn't mean that you should be given special privileges just because you start filming. If you, if you're on the street and then you hold up your phone, that doesn't instantly make you untouchable. Uh, uh, no, no, not untouchable. Uh, uh, first, I think uh, everyone, uh, whoever you are, have to uh, have, have to uh, abide by the same uh, law. If they if, if they have done anything wrong, um, well, um, the police um, can and should enforce the law, and, um, and 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 those people have to say bear uh, legal responsibility. So, Chris, uh, Chris, that Chris, that word yeah. wrong. What Sorry? wrong? I mean, having covered many riots back in the day in the UK. Broadwater Farm and those kinds of places, the police were very mindful of not letting journalists get in the way of them doing their work. So how do we address this thorny question of where journalists should be in riots? This seems, just looking at last year, to be quite chaotic sometimes. The scenes of um, yellow jackets were yeah, seriously yeah, in the yeah. way. I, I think... Uh I think uh, the what happened outside electrical in MOT in uh, early early June. I think um, I think that that probably was the start of the of the processes. And um, yes, I think um, on that occasion uh, it was extremely chaotic because so many people uh, and um, the the action um, the operation took by the police. Uh, was quite say um, uh, uh, massive, and um, they, they they were chaos. Um, journalists, I think, um, uh, I think on the occasion, I think we we saw pictures of say uh, massive number of, of reporters uh, between say police and 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 the protesters. Um, I would say um, reporters also start to learn and find their positions. And um, I, I just can't imagine that uh, our journalists would put themselves uh, in a dangerous position or in a position not being able to cover and, and do their and do and do their work. Well, hang and on, Chris. I have sorry. to stop you there. I think we, we all watched with in some pain the the CNN lady, particularly the night of the Ewan Long um, debacle. Uh, she got right in the middle of it and then was. You, you know, literally in the middle of it, to the point she was so close she couldn't even objectively describe what was going on. And, it, you know, looking as a former person who covered this sort of situation, 
she was just clearly green and not understanding that you see more if you stand back. If you're in the middle of the story, you can't see it. So, no, I think sometimes, especially last summer, people were getting right in the middle of it and endangering everybody, especially themselves. Um, I, I, I won't be able to explain that occasion. Uh, 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 there, there might be several reasons. And, um, or maybe on, on some occasions, they, they're just not able to, say, find a, a better position. And uh, experience, perhaps, uh, maybe one thing, and um, in fact, not just um, the non-mainstream media, student media, uh, even in the mainstream media, a lot of journalists are young. This is, um, this is what, what happens with the profession. And uh, with the profession, uh, there's a lot of young journalists, not even in uh, what we call traditional mainstream. So uh, is it a training media. issue? Should should your association and the FCC we, uh, be training both. people better? No, no. Both, both, well, we both we both have uh, organized talks, say, by uh, people with uh, those ex- kind of experience working in war zones and covering, say, crime stories, uh, photographers uh, giving, say, talks or, 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 uh, or workshops say, uh, to, to journalists, um, to give them reminders and, um, about what they, should, uh, what they should do. And the association has also, say, um, talked to student um, journalists and about uh, w- reminding, I would say, of, of them, the principles and their working rules and, uh, and things they should, um, uh, they should remember, say, uh, when covering events in those places. Okay. Also with us is is uh, uh, Tom Grundy, editor in chief of the Hong Kong Free Press, as, as I said. Uh, an email from uh, Andrew Kay, who says, "I can't remember how many times I have said that very few of the press covering the riots were actual journalists. Long overdue for the government to crack down on this. Most of the press were actually interfering with police operations." That's from from Andrew Kay. Um, t- Tom Grundy, as, as I recall, you know, you had a problem that, with the Hong Kong Free Press over getting accreditation for for uh, press conference for government press conferences. In the end, um, you won that battle, as I recall, and, and you, you were given that accreditation. Isn't, isn't the problem really that, you know, uh, you, you want to prove your, your professionalism, you want to prove that you are uh, a media organisation, a proper media organisation, you're responsible, responsible individuals, uh, and so on. And, and these people who are... These flocks and flocks of people who are, who are on the streets... Uh, uh, you know, to all intents and purposes, they're, they're, they're not really proper journalists. They're putting you in a bad light. Uh, if you want to, you know, maintain your professionalism, you should put a distance between yourself and these amateurs. Your, your, your reader you just read out there is absolute conspiratorial claptrap. There's absolutely no evidence of that. And the, I, I, I've just never known the, the police or anyone produce anything. Um, I think some press passes once. Um, with regards to so-called, you know, fake journalists. But yeah, we we went, we were fighting for a long time with a lot of other um, digital news outlets and uh, local and international NGOs for for access. Um, but I think to, to show that you were a professional, serious organisation, which you are, and you won that, um, and, and you know, and that's worth having, isn't it? And these other people haven't earned it. It does need to mean something, but I think this this whole debate and conversation sort of buries the lead or ignores the fact that what the, the real thing, the issue that's happening on the front lines there is is that journalists are blatantly being targeted 
by the police. They've blinded a journalist. This is the real big problem which is happening on the front line and deserves more conversation. I think another thing overlooked is that student journalists and freelancers, they've shot some really important, crucial, key footage over the last year regarding police misconduct, regarding police shootings. Most of the police shootings um, were shot by student journalists. We've rounded them up on our website today. And plus, there's a whole backdrop of things that have been happening under the new national security law since it's come in, with us and New York Times been denied a, a work visa, um, the raid on the Apple Daily uh, newsroom, and uh, the, the pressure RTHK is under. Um, so this, this amounts to somewhat of a non-problem compared to what's happening now um, week after week uh, with press freedom in Hong Kong. So where do we go from here? Well, I have to admit, you, when you do go down, you know, to the front lines, it's, it gets busy. There, there, there are a lot of people down there. But what the police should have done, rather than pick and choose um, media that they, 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 they like, or, um, is that they should have worked with an independent body, like the Hong Kong Journalists Association. And as Chris said, it's very tough to get accreditation through them. Uh, you have to prove you're a full-time journalist. Um, but in turn, I will also admit, I think the HKJA or FCC and other bodies should have last year published a code of conduct. Because um, occasionally we have seen people, you know, we, we always ensure that we obey police instructions first time. Um, but, you know, likewise, I think the universities need to admit that student journalists are going to go out there. Um, from what I've learned, they generally will tell them not to. But any ambitious student, um, myself included during the Umbrella Movement and the experience in cutting my teeth down there leading to me launching HFP, you know, they're going to go down there. So they also uh, need to be better protected, better advised and, and given some kind of accreditation too. Uh, you know, I'm talking about those who are studying journalism. Um, but, you know, these, these freelancers, these student journalists, the key footage that they've been obtaining over the last year, you have to wonder whether it's a coincidence that they're first in the firing line. They take all the risk. They get very little in return. They don't have the backing of a, a big newsroom if they get into trouble. And they've always been, you know, very generous in, in, in sharing their key footage with the local and international media, never known them, you know, as for payment when it comes to um, some of the key video footage. Um, so I think we have to ask why they're being targeted first and who will be next, because it won't stop here. As I was saying uh, the last couple of days, what begins with the freelancers and student journalists, um, I think we're going to see OFNA, which approves news outlets to get access to the government systems and stuff. I think we're going to see that uh, weaponized somewhat over the coming um, year or two, where, where they will start picking and choosing um, who even gets access to that. Uh, under the ISD, can freelancers uh, register? No, I don't believe so. Um, you have to be an international outlet or a local one. Um, that's why they've said um, you have to be registered with them or an internationally recognised um, international outlet. Well, that kind of goes in the, uh, the the way that journalism is headed, isn't it, where more and more people are freelancers, even for the big organisations. So how are they going to manage that? Yeah, I mean, we use freelancers as well. Some shot key footage, like in Yunlong. And um, I'm going to be making day passes, you know, for them in the, in the hope that gets, gets 
protect them somewhat. But mm-hmm. as one of your earlier um, callers suggested, you know, he said there were fears that, aside from visa denials, that, that those without the accreditation, the police-like, um, will be targeted. So, but unfortunately, both of those things are already happening. Um, going, going down in Jordan the last couple of weeks, you, you already see it, the police are um, doing stop and searches, sometimes multiple times of the same journalist uh, on the same day, uh, and fining them as well um, for $2,000 COVID fines. So a great hindrance um, to work. And yet, even big outlets um, who can't fly people in and out at the moment, bear mm, in mind, mm. um, are very reliant as we come up to October 1st, the big news day, on freelancers who are on the ground. And, and, and there, there are lots of them doing work for local international outlets. You know, you can follow on Twitter. We've, we hire them more and more. Uh, doesn't your argument rely on kind of assuming that things are going to get worse and that amounts to a conspiracy theory uh, in itself? If, if you want to... If you want to be a professional organisation, then somebody should be sorting out the professionals from the amateurs. Maybe not the police, maybe not the even the information services department. Maybe it should be uh, somebody, but it should be done in a, in a more thorough way than the kind of ad hoc way that it seems to be done at the moment by the Journalists Association. There is a long-running debate over who's a journalist, who's not. What I mean, this is how it's done in other places, isn't it? We in California or whatever, you know. The 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 in, I think in San Francisco, um, you know, you have you have a body that will determine uh, whether a person is a journalist or not, and you get you you give certain privileges to the people who really are journalists, and you don't to people who are not. There's, there's certainly a long-running debate over whether, say, um, bloggers or Twitterers with with big followings you know, are, are journalists and they come in all kinds of different shapes and colours. And so it should be because that's press freedom. And um, there are a lot of professions, um, to refer back to one of your other callers, where where you can call yourself, you know, that, an artist or whatever, and, and start practising as one. And to bring up the, the, the situation in the US, the huge difference is that's a democracy as well. You know, here you have publishers that have been kidnapped from the streets and we have a country that harasses, surveils, and threatens journalists, as we've heard just in the last week or two from ABC journalists who've been outed from China. Um, so that backdrop makes it a bit different as well. Same two ideas of being conspiratorial about this. We're just watching the patterns here, and it's only going in one direction. Um, I used to ask Chief Executive Carrie Lam for assurances on press freedom, and sometimes there would be at least lip service. Um, but the last time I asked... Um, she says that you know journalists must follow follow the law, and there were no such assurances. So, um, yeah, I'm only going by by what I've been seeing, and like I say, I, I think it's not going to stop here, just as it didn't with the Apple Daily raid. Okay, um, a- Andrew Kay, who um, you responded to uh, earlier, uh, Tom Grundy uh, says, so your guest believes offence is the best defence. You will have to do better than that. Uh, uh, M says sometimes people who claim themselves citizen journalists need to uphold certain professional standards as a professional journalist I've seen video footage of these citizen journalists on one or two passionate student journalists shouting at police and provoking pro-government passers-by sometimes the law enforcing officers at the front line are not smart enough to distinguish who are citizen journalists and who are not they see them all as journalists I hope the Hong Kong JA can provide some training to these people, at least appeal to them to uphold certain professional standards as a journalist. When people claim themselves journalists, they should understand they are not protesters. That uh, observation uh, from uh, M. 
uh, Darren on Facebook says it was quite clear the police had to do something. If it's more transparent, then that's a good thing. TC says the issue of impartiality is an interesting question. As Canadian Broadcasting Corporation Beijing correspondent Sasa Petricic said in an interview on Backchat last year, the reporter, and by extension the agency they work for, choose what to report. Wenrei Po and Tao Kung Pao have a political slant, just like the Apple Daily. More importantly, the internet age has changed everything, including journalism. Nowadays, a media outlet doesn't need to print papers or have a TV station in order to report the news. The problem for me is where whether the ISD or Hong Kong police force is a good agency to decide what's a media outlet or not. That observation from TC. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris Young, we've just got yeah. a minute left. I, you know, is there an argument for journalists to get their house in order a little bit? Uh, we, we, we have been doing so, and uh, we have talked to uh, student journalists uh, to, to remind them of the, of the basic things and uh, to... Um, be more cautious about their deeds and words in those uh, public places. Um, and I, I think inevitably um, they, they have and they, they, there may be um, um, occasions when, say, um, journalists, um, perhaps uh, regardless of their background, uh, we, they say um, may run out of the mind and become emotional on scenes. Uh, that's exactly something that um, I think the, the uh, association, I'm sure other associations, and other media organizations take uh, takes seriously. Um, I cite one occasion when a, uh, a online media journalist say um, humiliate a a, a, a a woman, say police officers. Ultimately, they had to uh, they have uh, uh, publicly apologize to take responsibility for their uh, behavior. I think this is exactly the kind of a self uh, uh, industry. Uh, self-regulation, uh, sector, uh, self-regulation uh, system and, and, and practice in, 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 in Hong Kong. Sorry, we're out of yeah. time, Chris. Thanks very okay. much indeed for joining okay, us. Chris you. Young from the Journalist Association. Tom Grundy from Hong Kong Free Press. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, others joining us after the news at nine. The weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers. Sunny intervals during the day. Temperatures up to 30 degrees. 28 degrees, the latest readings. The relative humidity is now at 83%. Back in three minutes. Listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back, back chat on a Thursday morning with Anna Fenton and me, Hugh Chewerton. We're talking about that uh, decision uh, by the police to change their accreditation policy. They'll only recognise journalists who've been registered with the uh, ISD, the Information Services Department. We're talking about the reasons for that, the implications for that, what follows. Uh, we were talking to uh, Chris Young from the Journalists Association and Tom Grundy of Hong Kong Free Press in the first part of the programme. We're joined now by Professor Linda Lee, Professor of Political Science and the Department of Public Policy at City University, and from Chinese University, a lecturer in the School of Journalism and Communication, Grace Leung. Once again, if uh, we want to hear from you, please join in. Uh, pick up the phone. You can talk to our guest directly. 233-88266 uh, is the number, as ever, or you can email backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, comment, uh, this is from uh, Michael Chigani, I think he was listening, so an off-air call, uh, who says, under the new rules, I wouldn't be recognised as a journalist because I'm a freelancer. Isn't that a joke? And um, Tom says... 
the same local journalists who are loudly against this rule change also have no problem with students in media vests heckling, blocking and occasionally tripping police. So what's the point in discussion? Their main point seems to be everyone is capable of being a good journalist. So I plan to tell my manager today, we're all managers today because I'm also capable of giving orders, having long lunches and rejecting salary increases and see how that goes. That comes from Tom. Thank you very much indeed for that. Back chat at rthk.hk. Grace Lund, good morning to you. Uh, the, the, the statement by university journalism uh, educators says that uh, you're concerned that this is uh, the practical implications uh, of the proposal is that it would strip the people of, of a fundamental right. Is it a fundamental right to be a journalist? That's a bit odd, isn't it? As Tom was saying, you can't no, just... No, I, I don't think that is a fundamental right to become a journalist, but that is a fundamental right for citizens in Hong Kong to... Uh, to have the right to access to information and also the right uh, to get reports from the journalists, which uh, they, uh, the group for the journalists, they are representing public opinion to monitor the government, to become the watchdog of how the public policy is uh, doing, whether they are serving the public interest or whether they are against the public interest. So I think the right is uh, protected by both basic law and also their Article 19 of the ICC uh, PR. So um, I think this move is a little bit infringe of uh, that right. It seems the government, the, the police, will have the right to define who are the journalists, and also they have the well, the information ISD I will see. define who's the who's the journalist, uh, not the police. Uh, yeah, that the GIS yeah. <laughs> or, or that there's a, an office from the government yeah. rather than uh, the. The industry itself. Well, let's not get let's not use too many three letter acronyms. GIS is is long since dead. It's Information Services Department now. Uh, yeah, the uh, GI uh, actually the government had already uh, got the public. Um, they had the privilege to scrutinize which government organization they could involve in certain kind of. Um, information or, 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 or the press conference, they will send out invitation to invite uh, which organization they, they approve. But not, um, I, I don't think they already got sufficient right to do things or regulate their media uh, in certain situations. It was never formalised, I think that was how, in my experience, you, you'd know if you were getting... I mean, at SCMP, we'd get a general invite. It wasn't to a person in particular. It would generally but be to the organisation. I think that would be really dangerous to, to make it institutionalised. Well, that's what's always happened. You know, they would send somebody from SCMP, somebody from... Uh, Apple, you know, the, each media organization would get typically an invite to a government event. That's how it's worked. But, yeah, but uh, for our U.S. students, as the trainee or as an intern, probably, they, if they are not affiliated with any formal organization, as a uh, student journalist, maybe they were deprived of that chance to get involved in certain public uh, uh, well, no, but mostly they, they were at, st at, at university studying. They wouldn't even necessarily know the event was occurring because they wouldn't have received a notification. No, but uh, in the past, it seems uh, uh, there's some election, and then our, our student journalists, they would like to witness whether how the ballot paper was counted, and then they were, 
they're not permitted to enter into that venue. Oh, you could apply. So, you, could, you could call up yeah, ISP and apply, say if you can that go. Is not, yeah, but they can disapprove. They will not. They 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 have the right to. They can reserve the right to disapprove our involvement. <laughs> so we can apply. Of course, we can apply. Everybody can apply, but uh, it was subject to the government or the institution to determine whether we are eligible to enter into that venue. Okay. The, 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 the letter, uh, the, the, the joint statement does say, we appreciate the difficulties faced by police officers on the front line in distinguishing who uh, or are or are not journalists on certain occasions, such as protest scenes. I had an email from uh, Ian, who says he's an ex-police in Hong Kong, who says uh, anything to reduce the number of news people getting in the way of police enforcement is to be applauded. Last year was chaos on the streets and police were hampered by so-called press in carrying out their lawful duty. Do, do you accept, Grace Lung, that there is a problem that people are getting in the way of the police trying to do their job? Uh, I think um, the problem is uh, where the police are doing things um, properly, Otherwise, there will be not so much people, so many people gathering to the street to witness what happened to uh, the, what, what is the truth about that event. Because they did not have the trust to where, how police handling those events. So uh, I think if uh, in the past you can see there's, no, those, that, there's not so, so many uh, what they call so-called citizen journalists in the past because they trust how the police handling in a professional manner. But they even the police themselves, they did not respect their own general uh, rules uh, they set up by themselves. So that's why so many people will be curious and then they want to witness what happened in the street. That's why there are so many citizen journalists. We have to trace out what are the causes for this uh, happening or this phenomenon rather than to blame those people. So if you are doing things properly, then people will trust you, then they, no one will care well, what will happen on the street. Because if they trust you, they won't uh, take out all the camera and mobile phone to do recording in such a manner. Oh, I think they will. This is online journalism, isn't it? Everyone's a journalist with a phone in their pocket. People are pulling out, pull out their phone at the drop of a hat now. I don't think you can stop that. Yeah, we can't do this. This is an a international trend. But we can't do because everybody wants to become a witness and they want to protect themselves. Otherwise, if they involve in any, uh, I don't know, maybe sometimes people will, will uh, accuse you of doing something wrong. But if you have your own cell phone probably you can protect yourself. So how are you <laughs> going to... Journalism. Yeah, how are you going... We're all, we can't get away from... We need some kind of rule, regulation and boundary here. Clearly, the police and the journalists need to understand this is a turf thing. If you're on yeah, the street I, I and you've got a riot, you've got rioters, you've got three groups, you've got rioters, you've got cops, you've got journalists. How are you going to organize this without it becoming a complete bun fight? Yeah, I agree. Uh, there should be some boundary or some kind of uh, regulations. Uh, but who should be the proper person or institute to do this? So you have to find someone who should be had a reputation or trustworthy organization to do this. Okay. Otherwise, it would be not fair to every party. Professor Lee, did you want to comment on that? Yes, uh, I think, you know, we, we should uh, get the focus of the discussion, you know, more squarely on uh, the police actions. I mean, uh, uh, because I think um, uh, the discussion we just have now is, is regarding, you know, how to 
uh, define, you know, uh, who who is a journalist and, and also, you know, uh, the right of um, uh, uh, the common people, you know, to take part in journalism. Okay, I think this is a, a broader issue, obviously very important. We, we, we need to discuss it. Uh, but I think the, the, the uh, even more, you know, acute issue right in front of us is that uh, out of the blue, all of a sudden, out of the blue, the police, dep- uh, I mean, the police, which is a, a government department, okay, which is a government department, that out of the blue, it allows um, through its internal regulation, okay, the police general orders and the internal regulation, regulating, this, you know, it's, it's kind of internal management um, rules. Uh, that uh, 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 through its police, uh, through its internal generation, is how it's going to, um, you know, invite, you know, or, or regard which 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 group of people uh, to be journalists, and then they they will be given access to um, uh, certain scenes, you know, uh, when the police is, uh, is is managing the the area. I I don't think you know, um, you know, um, because in the I I think this is a very serious matter. That is uh, when the government, okay, when any government unit, okay, when any government unit, when it acts to um, define, you know, uh, uh, persons who who is a teacher, okay, who is an accountant, okay, if the government is going to, uh, 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 you know, issue a consultation, uh, you know, uh, of matters in relation to to education or or accounting uh, activity, then. Should 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 that government unit, you know, uh, work uh, 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 executing the consultation, uh, you know, define a small circle, okay, and see uh, who 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 will be invited and who will be eligible, or put it that way, who will be eligible to to be invited? I think you know we uh, the 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 first, I, I think the the the. The way we do things in Hong Kong is, is in accordance with the law. And then uh, who defines the professions? We have existing rules and conventions, right? Even if we sometimes think that those conventions and rules may need to be revisited, that needs to be, uh, there requires to be a very uh, elaborate and due process. And then uh, certainly it's not uh, something, you know, uh, 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 to be done alone by any government department. Uh, and not to say, you know, who, why, why police should have such a role in defining who is a journalist. Is 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 the real? Is, yeah, can I? I mean, is the real background to this? Do you think perhaps that the government just doesn't like what the government, what the media has been saying about the police and about the government? Well, well, well I don't want to speculate. Okay, the, the motive, but I think the 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 fact is that it all comes out out of the blue, right? You know, uh, right now uh, it's 2020 September. Are we seeing a lot of clashes on the street day by day? Are we uh, so no, right? There is no urgency. There is no urgency. There is no, um, you know, because the gen- police general order is 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 it's it, it, it's to to help the uh, senior manager of the police to to regulate. Okay, so it's kind of an internal charter within the police. And of course, how the police should uh, manage its own business, it should be in the interest of the of the public. Okay, so it, it's the, because the police is not a private department; it's a public department. So, so why 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 the police? Why should police, you know, see an urge to do this? I think you know, um, any common people would see that there is no such a such an urgent need. And then, uh, so so that 
so so in other words, you know, if 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 the society feel that uh, we need to discuss, okay, um, uh, online journalism, okay, its impact on 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 our lives, okay, how to uh, how to conduct our public order, you know, so the police is only one party involved, not only the police, okay. So if the society feels that we need to resist it, uh, the, this question, let us do it. Let the, uh, I think the government has a role in, in this discussion, and certainly I would expect uh, the chief secretary for administration uh, should take the lead, I think, okay, because I, uh, but certainly not the police. Uh, police is, should be one party or in, in that. And, and of course, the professional organizations, you know, involved uh, in journalism, and of course, the universities teaching, uh, researching, and teaching journalism, they they should be the, the you know, uh, get involved. And so certainly, we should not see this uh, general order just uh, be announced, okay, and released to us all of a sudden. Okay. So, uh, can, can I just share some uh, some emails uh, now? Back to rthk.hk uh, is our address. Sky says, uh, imposing regulation prematurely on media and reporters is obviously stifling free speech and indicates that the decadence of Hong Kong is spiralling down load. Uh, thanks to RTHK, Free Press and many youth journalists who stand up to uphold unbiased and just reporting. Uh uh, MT says this is addressed to uh, Tom Grundy. Has he never has he ever heard of Rupert Murdoch? The media is not independent or impartial, so why quote the USA as a standard to aspire to? Journalists need to report facts, not opinions. The police have blinded no one. The cause of that blinding is still unknown. And uh, Andrew F. says, please ask Tom. I'm afraid um, Tom Grundy has, has left us. It's just in the first part. But uh, Andrew F. says, Tom seems very selective on who is a journalist and who isn't. While he's been awfully quiet about citizen journalists and activists like Barry Marr TVs of this world thronging protests, he was pretty vocal about Toby Goo. Just to remind people, Toby was the Canadian-Chinese YouTuber who, on a visit to Hong Kong, filmed the a horrific and vicious beating of one man by a gang of protesters that went viral and was picked up by the likes of Sky News. It was pretty much the first time international news had shown the protesters in anything other than a glowing light. Tom tweeted out to his sizable and, let's face it, solidly yellow following that Toby was a fake journalist who put other journalists, quote, in danger, and if anyone saw him on the streets, he should be, quote, confronted. In the environment of that time, where tensions were at a boiling point, encouraging vigilantism against someone just because they went against the prevailing narrative, revealed Hong Kong free press themselves for what they actually are, activists, not journalists. As was subsequently well documented, Toby managed to luckily flee Hong Kong before the public lynching Tom called for. Why are YouTubers like Barry Ma and Chili Lucas and the entire yellow camp with a phone and selfie stick just dandy with you, Tom, but Toby is, quote, dangerous uh, and must be stopped. That uh, message from uh, Andrew F. Uh, and uh, Lewis says, in general, I'm pro this change. Far too many journalists were acting in support of the violent protesters during the protests by blocking police, acting as human shields and selective reporting. The selective reporting also show, always showed the police in a bad light, but failed to impartially represent the truth of the situations. Hong Kong Free Press, to whom I used to donate but now refuse to because of their clear bias, were paramount in doing this. The Prince Edward MTR murders being a good case to cite. 
However, I note there is no representative from the government or police PPRB on the programme. Were they invited? Did they decline? That's uh, from Lewis. Thank you very much indeed uh, for those. In answer to your, to your questions, Lewis, they didn't decline. They didn't respond. They didn't deign to <laughs> even respond to us. We did specifically invite them. But, uh, yeah, no, no answer. Anna? Uh, yeah. So the question is this. Are we, in fact, dealing with a much, much bigger picture here, which is the change in journalism generally which is that now anybody thinks they're a journalist. And this is not just Hong Kong. And how do we regulate that? At the FCC, we have the problem of people wanting to join as journalist members and they're bloggers or they're online, you know, they, have a, they write about fashion and they call themselves news journalists. What do you do? What do you do about how that? Do we, how do we, well, we, we, we come back to the same as Chris was talking about earlier from the HKJA. The criteria is the percentage of our income that's derived from journalism. And you have to prove that it's in excess of 50 or 70 percent uh, from journalism as, as a kind of a acid test. But that's obviously uh, in the case of student journalists who could be perfectly legitimate journalists, but they're not making any money at it. So this is a really difficult um, thing to call. But, but I think the question here in Hong Kong is who should be the one to call it? The police clearly are, are, are jumping into a vacuum of a lack of rules and regulations around this. And now we're all complaining because they've taken action, whereas perhaps the universities should have done it or the FCC or the JA should have done it ahead of time. I, I, I'm just not sure, but it seems we've created a vacuum um, by allowing all this unedited journalism. Now, interestingly, in the letter from ISD, which RTHK received uh, about the criteria, they say that the news organization must contain one reporter and an editor. Now, that's an interesting semantic point because, to my mind, journalism is... Uh, material that is sub-edited, i.e. seen and, and gone through by another pair of eyes, not just the person who's reporting it, in order to ensure objectivity. And that on newspapers was always the, the guardrail, if you like, that it was sub-edited uh, and seen by then a Czech sub-editor, and then a final person would oversee what went in the paper. So you would at least four sets of eyes on every story to ensure legality and objectivity. Now, clearly, when you've got internet journalism, this is simply missing. So is it even qualified to be journalism anymore? I don't know. Well, um, I, I seem to agree that uh, this, is a, this is an area need, uh, uh, that uh, requires more work and, and thoughts. But let us not be apologetic, okay, about it. Because uh, especially not now, uh, I think the focus we, we should is that... Uh, uh, why, you know, we, we should we, we should protest against the, you know, the government, you know, uh, I mean, police, you know, acting in such a way, because I think I think this is very dangerous. Uh, at the at the time that Hong Kong, you know, is being criticised, you know, uh, or failing, you know, one country two systems, you know, we are being sanctioned, right, by the United States, uh, that um, Hong Kong, you know, is no longer free city. And, the, and, the, and Hong Kong as a government is, is protesting, you know, and saying this is, oh, my goodness, they, they're saying that, oh, uh, the, you know, we are not treated fairly. Then, uh, please, the government should roll up its leaves and, and demonstrate that we are indeed, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, still operating under the principle uh, 100%, uh, one country, two systems. So if the freedom of speech, you know, and free journalism uh, has been enshrined in the basic law. And our chief executive more uh, recently has, um, has uh, 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 reasserted that um, 
Long. I mean, a lot of the uh, the emails I was just reading out, they, they're concerned about, about bias in the media, just this whole idea that, that journalism now is not about impartiality. It's, it seems to be a lot more about activism and the sort of, you know, the individuals who take up blogging or whatever, or citizen journal, journal, journalism, that's very much, you know, why they're doing it, because they have a particular point of view and they want to put across this particular point of view. So, I mean, this is this is a real change, isn't it? People are very sceptical. People don't think that journalists are... Are, are impartial. People think that journalists are, are there to put across a particular point of view. So why should we be giving them all these sort of special privileges? Why should we be treating them uh, in, in a special way and giving them passes and giving them access and letting them do things which which other people can't? Um, uh, you know, journalists. These people have spoiled it. Really, these people are are not impartial, uh, and so we have to treat them like that. They're activists. That is uh, only a degree and extent. Um, from day one, uh, journalism is not completely or absolutely impartial or objective. They may have some stand behind, uh, at least um, uh, from the uh, United States, you can see they may have some political background. Even journalists themselves, they may have some preferences or tendency, but at least they pretend to be balance and also impartial and including different points of view. But nowadays, every, I think this is a, an international trend that um, people are becoming more participatory in, uh, and also more uh, activist-oriented rather than um, taking as a, the middle ground. So in Hong Kong, we also face that kind of polarization. So we have different camps and different political camps and, and people speaking from their own camps. So they they will become more subjective rather than objective. But the point is whether we should have an, we, 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 whether we are now having an open society that open enough to tolerate different points of view. So even though um, journalists or maybe sometimes they may not be so impartial or so neutral as such, uh, we should allow different voices to be heard so that they can represent people's uh, point of view. 
But nowadays we can see what the police had done was they tried to um, scrutinize uh, those undesirable voices or maybe the voices they don't want to hurt, uh, to hear. Uh, and, and then the, actually the HKJA had asked, uh, for many times asked the police to have dialogue with them so that they can find out some ways of cooperation to make things smoother or make things straight. But uh, the police refused to meet them and then discuss at all. So I, we can see there's no dialogue, no cooperation. Then how can we make things better if uh, without that kind of uh, cooperation? So in the past, they can co-work uh, for whatever event or incident. So everybody, they are doing their own job. They want to have a space to do their own job. So we, we understand that the police want to do things better. But they also need to co-work with other parties who are also have the interest in those uh, big events, so uh, what we call. So um, I think uh, it is time the police and the journalists, maybe they can come together or maybe there's some kind of meeting uh, that can involve different parties. So then we can come up with some uh, consensus or maybe um, a more workable more desirable, more representative viewpoint so that we can do things better. So the, the goal is how can we improve our administration and how to improve the present situation. The, it is, the goal is not to DY or make things worse. So we hope we can see a better future rather than, okay, then every, uh, uh, to, we don't want to see some one-sided uh, initiation that will affect the other parties without their acknowledgement or without their consent. So that is not desirable situation nowadays. Okay, uh, some emails to finish off. G says, the basic right of the citizen to impart and receive information is severely under threat. Let us recognise that the mechanisms for handling complaints against police are not truly independent or have lost credibility. Now is an avenue for receiving that information to be put under the control of the very people in whom public trust is at a new low. That's from uh, G. Uh, S says, regarding editing and sub-editing is about the general correct language expressions like spelling, grammar, etc., but not about distorting facts. Uh, Andrew K says, what planet is your guest from? And uh, James says, maybe this could be a good training for journalism students. The sooner they understand the contempt they held in the eyes of government officials and police and big corporates, the better it will be for their career in journalism. As a journalist with 25 years' experience, mostly in Hong Kong, indifference and hostility is how it goes day after day. That comes uh, from uh, James. And uh, TC says, on the topic of how to define a member of a certain profession, using our ways to define qualifications, uh, such as education, Li Ka-shing would never be considered a legitimate businessman. That observation from TC. Thank you very much indeed to our guest this morning, to Professor Linda Lee, Professor of Political Science in the Department of Public Policy at uh, City University and at Chinese University, Grace Lung, lecturer in the School of Journalism and Communication. Thank you both very much indeed for joining us this morning and to everyone who emailed as well. Uh, an email from Peter uh, who says, I would like to call out the overly sensational perspective attributed to public health expert and government advisor Professor David Hoy in today's news. The report in the South China Morning Post said the situation got worse over the past week with an increase in the percentage of cases involving people from overseas. While it is correct that the percentage has increased, this is simply because the number of local cases has been on a steady decline ever since the peak in late July. So to say the situation got 
got worse is just sensationalised nonsense. Based on today's reported cases, two-thirds were local ones. This is from uh, uh, yesterday's, uh, sent yesterday. Uh, based on today's re- reported cases, two-thirds were local ones. Is this a case of the situation got worse now happening in reverse? As the attached shot chart shows the level of imported cases detected each day has remained steady since I began to follow these back in mid-July. From time to time there is a spike but mostly the system is picking up less than five cases every day at the airport uh, and it has been no different in recent weeks compared with the past. The second chart shows both local and imported cases stacked up together. Peter, thanks for that. And finally, Doug says, is there any way we can cover the issue of opening Hong Kong's beaches and coastline again to a huge community of people People who would use it for broad benefits, none of which relates closely with worries of distancing versus so many other uh, things which are already allowed in the city with higher density crowding than any beach related activity would ever entail. That observation from Doug. So we can uh, get to that maybe uh, next week. Uh, in the meantime, Anna, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us uh, once again. Uh, we're talking about uh, liberal studies, is the plan tomorrow. Uh, until then, the weather mainly cloudy with a few showers, sunny intervals during the day, temperatures about 30 degrees, isolated thunderstorms later, slightly cooler tomorrow morning, sunny periods during the day, more showers later tomorrow and at the weekend. 28 degrees now, humidity 82%. The government is conducting a public consultation on the 2020 policy address. Please share your views on different policy areas. We are willing to listen and engage. For details, please visit the website www.policyaddress.gov.hk the news with Samantha Butler. Former foreign correspondent Keith Richberg says the new police policy to recognise only government-accredited journalists is a way for authorities to control what's being reported. The head of the University of Hong Kong's Journalism and Media Studies Centre says during the past 18 months of anti-government protests, the government and the police on the ground lost control of the narrative because there were so many journalists recording what they were doing. But Mr Richberg says he's told his students they have to fight for a free press. A tourism professor says Hong Kong Disneyland still has a bright future despite potential expansion plans being torpedoed. Yesterday, the government decided not to extend an option for Disney to buy a 60-hectare site next to the park. But Professor Brian King from Polytechnic University said the park could still do a lot more within its boundaries. And two police officers involved in the fatal shooting of a black woman, Breonna Taylor, in the American state of Kentucky, won't face any charges. A third former officer is to be indicted but for wanton endangerment after his bullets entered